Hey, y'all. I'm Erin Haynes, the host of The Amendment, a brand new weekly podcast on gender, politics, and power brought to you by the 19th News and Wonder Media Network. You've probably heard the news that this election year, our democracy is at stake. On The Amendment, I'm breaking down what that actually means, specifically for the marginalized folks who depend on our democracy the most. This is a show that dives past the headlines and gets clear on the unfinished work of our democracy. Listen to The Amendment now, wherever you get your podcasts. Professional AF is brought to you by SendPro Online. Are you paying too much to send out packages and letters? Wouldn't it be nice to have a solution that can give you the lowest rates? With SendPro Online, it's easy to save time and money no matter what you send, from packages to overnights and letters. Last week when we did this ad, I told you that I've been your administrative assistant lately. I remember. You disputed that, but that's okay. (laughs) You said that just going to the post office is not enough. Well, I realized I've been going to the bank a lot. You went went today to the bank. But it was not my first time. (laughs) Easily compare USPS, UPS, and FedEx rates all in one online tool. Also gain access to special USPS savings for letters and priority mail shipping. Print shipping labels and stamps from your own printer and track all your shipments. One thing I am a little concerned about is that now that I don't really need to go to the post office very much, this bank thing is kind of all I have. (laughs) Well, we were talking about how they have the Dogman series at Costco that you could get next time you're there. But you said that doesn't count for administrative <laughs> assistance stuff. So Because you're not. <laughs> but the bank is really, I'm worried I'm going to lose. Bo- that's where we bank. I know, but this administrative assistant job is, I need, I need to keep it. SendPro Online is only $14.99 a month. And for being a professional AF listener, you can get a free 30-day trial to get started, plus a free 10-pound scale to help you accurately weigh your packages. Visit pb.com slash professional to access this special offer. That's pb.com slash professional. Experience the better way to ship with a free trial of SendPro Online. Hello, my curiosity cultivators. Diana Kander here, welcoming you to another episode of Professional AF, a podcast that uncovers the science behind success habits for women at work. Hopefully, the knowledge that you're learning here each week is going to help you get to the next level to make a bigger impact. Today's episode is one of the most important in the season, why women sabotage each other at work and how to keep it from happening to you. I haven't spoken to a single woman that isn't familiar with woman-to-woman aggression, sabotage. And here's the key to today's episode. Dr. Susan Murphy, my guest today, and I are not saying that every woman does these things. Absolutely not, no. The reason this episode is so valuable is because one day soon you may find yourself on the other end of woman-to-woman aggression. And the biological and the social research that we're going to talk about is going to help you understand exactly why it's happening. And even more importantly, how to keep it from happening in the first place. As you'll hear quickly in the episode, I had a really difficult situation with a mentor in my very first professional job who I felt like went behind my back. And I was so confused when it happened and felt totally powerless in the situation. So I found this book. In the Company of Women, written by Dr. Susan Murphy. And what a treat 12 years later to get to interview Susan about why problems can arise among women when one of them gets promoted, how to build relationships with female superiors, colleagues, and those who report directly to you, leadership skills that are unique to women, 
and the language, both verbal and nonverbal, that we use that can inflame female interactions. Get ready to flex your curiosity muscles as you tune into this episode of Professional AF. I am so excited to chat with Dr. Susan Murphy, one of the co-authors of this incredible book, which explains why women make our best friends and our worst enemies. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Diane. I'm thrilled to be here. Okay, I have to ask this question first. Is what we're going to talk about apply to men at all, or should they just stop listening right now? Well, they can stop listening if they don't have any women in their lives, either at <laughs> home or at work or in the neighborhood or at the grocery store. <laughs> so, now, this is a topic that I believe is is very important for men and women. And um, I think it's when we talk about different things, we're going to actually contrast to men and women some, which is, I think it's very important. But it's a great question to start with. Yeah, I think men are going to get to know themselves a lot better in this conversation as much as women will. So I'm excited about that. All right. Terrific. A lot of books that we discuss on the show, they're coming out like in the next few months. But this book, your book came out in 2003. So I have to give a little explanation, Susan, of why when I first came up with the idea for the show to help women succeed at work, this was the first interview that I wanted to have. So this is my story. Uh, in my first professional job as an attorney, I had this internship at a big, very successful law firm, and I was assigned a senior female attorney to serve as my mentor for the summer. And I had never had a mentor before. I was really excited about the relationship. Now, I want to repeat, this was my first professional job. I was a server for like seven years before this. So I made a number of professional mistakes in that first job. But my mentor never said anything about it. And I thought our relationship was amazing all the way until the end of the summer when I walked by a conference room where I overheard this woman talking to a room full of some people, I didn't even know who they were, about how I didn't belong at the firm and I shouldn't be invited back. And I was devastated. I was embarrassed and also very confused because I thought this was like my champion at the firm. So I went to the bookstore to see if I could figure out what happened. And Susan, I found your book. Is this a common story that you hear about how people came across your work? It is. It's often out of pain that they're trying to search for answers. And uh, in fact, I'm right now mentoring a, a brand new attorney that's having the very same experience you are. Well, I feel for her because even though that happened a long time ago for me, those feelings are very, very raw. Just even talking about it is, is, is hard. So let's start there. Why are our relationships with women on such extremes? That's like my number one, the first takeaway that I, I learned, that they're either our best friends or our nemesis at work. And that's exactly what we found, too, in our research, that where men often operate in between those two extremes and they say, oh, come on, just get over it. Women um, have relationships as central to their culture. It's very, very important to have relationships where men are often driven by achievement needs. Women are, built, are, are driven by affiliation needs a lot of times. And so one reason it's so important is because relationships are central to the female culture. 
Well, that's very important. And and as part of that relationship, there's this invisible thing that's happening that you talked about that you call the power dead even rule that I had unknowingly violated in my relationship with this senior attorney. Now, can you explain how the rule works and, and why it's so important in our lives? Yes, it's, well, one reason it's tough to see is because it's invisible. And Pat and I, my co-author is Dr. Pat Heim. And years ago, we were working on gender, the differences between men and women at work and how to get along and that sort of thing. And we also were talking about leadership. So I was going around the country doing three-day seminars about leadership and how to lead a team and build a team. And at the breaks of, of my seminars, both men and women would come up privately and say, can I just talk to you about something? And I'd say, sure. And they'd say, well, this theory is great. All this leadership stuff is, is just super. But what do I do about the women? What do I do about <laughs> the women on my team? They don't get along. They're jealous. They tear each other down. And what am I going to do? So, so Pat was having a similar experience. So we started doing some research. We said, well, let's look around for some research on this so we'll know what to tell people when they ask us about it. And we couldn't find research about this. The only thing we found that were very limited studies, and one said that for women, 95% of women will be sabotaged at work at least once during their career, 95%. They also oh found gosh. that in Oxygen Media did some research and found that 65% of women resent other powerful women. And, and those are the ones that I think just admitted it that they did. And um, also women to women sabotage has increased by 50% in the last few years because more and more women are getting power. So the power dead even rule is one that has three different components. We first of all learned about and discovered the golden triangle. And the golden triangle has elements of the power dead even rule in it. So it's important that I tell you about the three elements of the golden triangle. And this is what Pat and I discovered. And, and um, we found that the first element is the relationship. The relationship is central to the female culture. It really defines women. It helps them understand who they are and what they like and don't like. And just their value system helps women understand themselves as well as the world better. Then there's also power, which is the external power, which is things like um, your title, the amount of money you make, even how attractive you are, where you go on vacation, um, and how many people you have reporting to you, what size your office is, just external examples of power. And then the third one is self-esteem, which is the internal power that we have. That's your feeling of inner um, strength and self-worth. And the things that kind of define your self-esteem are things like how much you respect yourself and trust yourself, how you feel about your accomplishments, about your relationships to others, your abilities, uh, how responsible and accountable you are. And also one aspect of self-esteem has to do with how you believe others perceive you. And what we found that's interesting about self-esteem is that you can feel great about yourself, your accomplishments, your abilities, but if you believe as a woman that someone else does not perceive you very well, you often give up your power because you take other people's perceptions of you as your own view of yourself a lot. 
So those are the three elements of this golden triangle. Power, the external force you wield in the, in the world, your self-esteem, which is your internal power, and then the relationship dimension. So what we say is that for the power dead even rule, says that the power between two women has to be dead even. So if you even think about people that are close to you in your life, Diana, you probably have fairly equal power and self-esteem. But um, many people kind of look at your friends and you almost see a reflection of yourself as well as colleagues of yours. So a relationship with another woman works very well when the power and self-esteem of each of them is fairly equal. And if one gets more power, let's say one person gets promoted or gets some plum project that everybody wanted or gets more attention from the boss, that that external power gets larger. So the relationship between the two women can be compromised because the one who is smaller has smaller power is going to try to make it be equal because it knocks the relationship off balance. And let me just give you an example, Diana. If I were to say to you, boy, I really love that jacket you've got on today. It looks fantastic on you. What often happens in the world of women is you, I've just kind of given you some power because I gave you a compliment. And so you may, it kind of feels a little bit askew. You need to say something back to me as another woman. So you'll probably say, mm -hmm. oh, you know, this whole thing, I got it on sale. And, or you might refer to me to try to increase my power and say, well, Susan, you know, I really love your book. It's the best book I've ever read or something. And so all of a sudden you've given me more power back. So you either will diminish your power or you will find something to compliment me about. Now, what's funny, because the world of men is so different from this, men are often saying to me, how come you just can't say thank you? I mean, how come you just can't say thanks for noticing and liking my jacket? But that's not the way the world of women works. We like the power to be equal. The way that you describe this power going in between people, I love the explanation because you, you call it the chip theory, uh, which I, I love the idea of like all of us walk around with a bucket of chips, like uh, poker chips. And when you give somebody else power, you give them a compliment, you acknowledge something that they're doing well, it's like you're handing them a chip. And one of the things I never understood was that women have a really solid accounting of how many chips were in their bucket and how many <laughs> chips they've given to you. And if that's not equal and you don't give them some chips back, they're going to take those chips from you oh. by doing something not nice. That is, yes, that's one of my favorite parts. So this relationship that I had with a woman who was significantly more accomplished and successful than me, I, you know, in reflecting upon the relationship after reading the book, one of the things that I did to violate the power dead even rule unknowingly was I was getting married that summer and she was getting divorced that uh. summer. And so independent of anything that happened at work. And again, I will reiterate, it was my first professional job. I was not at my best. <laughs> but I think that that could have had an impact on the relationship. Absolutely. Plus, you were young, you were energetic, you had the world in front of you. You know, there's so many things like that that are happening uh, unknowingly. And, and one of the more interesting th things about the power dead even rule is how 
it's it's part biological and it's part how we're raised as as women growing up. So I want to start with the biological part. You cite all this research. It was one of the most well-researched and cited books I've ever read. And you talk about how female and male chimpanzees exhibit some of these same traits that we're talking about. Now, clearly none of them work at law firms and have issues with other women at work. So how did you know to even look for chimpanzee research? You know, when I'm when I'm thinking of business concepts, I never think like, let's let's talk about primates and how they exhibit curiosity in the same way. Well, one thing we did know was that that chimps have 99 percent match of DNA with humans. So we knew that by studying chimps and the behavior of chimps, which may be easier to study in some ways than because you have them in a zoo or somewhere in the wild, um, an easy way to see how they form groups and what they what they did about power, because we'd already discovered about the power and how power affected relationships. So we studied a lot of experts who had studied chimps. And there were some fascinating things. For example, when you look at how men and women organize differently and how they're the most comfortable, men like to be in hierarchies and they, they're used to power. They even were the ones that set up the military and corporations where there is really stratified power, where the guy at the top has more power than the people at the bottom. And that's what happens with chimps in the wild. The male chimps are organized differently than the female chimps. The male chimps have a hierarchy. In fact, you probably have heard the word alpha male. There's a guy at the top, and the Mm -hmm. others all kind of fall in line below him. But the female chimps are very different, and they, we believe, are much like the females, uh, human beings. Because the female chimps, they're only half the size of the male chimps, so they don't have as much strength. So they need to be almost as a village. So they have a flat structure where the power is seen as food or males, access to the males, or babysitting for the youngs. And the female chimps will share that power. And if one female chimp does not do her share of babysitting or, um, or sharing the food, they will be sent to live with another group of female chimps. They're only forgiven 12% of the time. Um, otherwise, the other, the other female chimps have a grudge forever because they didn't share their power. That's amazing. And, and you said in the book, like, that's the low percentage for women. But with men who are physically fighting each other, they have no problem. Half the, almost half the time, they forgive each other and don't hold grudges. Oh, it's almost immediately. But the female chimps never forgive each other. They have to go and change neighborhoods, actually, to be able to um, get some other colleagues. So it's, it's, a very, it's a very serious thing in the world of, of chimps and in women, because the relationships are central to the female culture. That is very, very important to this. Support for Professional AF comes from Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website. <laughs> I see what they're doing there. You think that's just for our, our, our show? 
I think it it's is professional. I think it is specifically tailored, much like the websites <laughs> at Wix. Choose a template that you love and customize it by adding your own text, images, and videos. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way that you want. Want even more for your website? You can easily start a blog, launch an online store, or create an event. My favorite part about launching new websites is you're really excited about something. You're launching a website because you're just on the edge of your seat, giddy for something. Or maybe some people, it's just because they're really angry because <laughs> that's the internet. So maybe you're really excited. That's the that's the business versus the political viewpoint. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're really excited or maybe you're just really teed off. Either way, mm -hmm. need a website. Yeah, and you can really do it with Wix.com. Share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with SEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website you want. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this podcast. Do they have copy and paste? That's... <laughs> Just don't drive and listen and create a I'm website. I'm new to computers. That seems not safe. Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their website. Create yours today. Get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X dot com slash professional A-F. Don't forget that AF, professional AF, to get 10% off. So the other biological factor that you wrote about that was so interesting is the difference between the female brain and the male brain. And so I'm not talking about chimps anymore. Now I'm talking about humans. And we often hear about the brain talked about like left brain or right brain. Mm -hmm. But this book was the first time that I understood that all those conversations were talking about men's brains <laughs> and that there's this whole other type of brain that's the woman's brain that works very differently. Yes, absolutely. We used to think male and female brains were all alike because research used to be just done mainly on men, on all different aspects of bodies. And when, they were look, when the researchers were looking at the different brains, they found some significant differences. And, and both male and female brains do have a left and right hemisphere. And it's, con it's connected, those two hemispheres are connected by um, a small organ called the corpus callosum. And the, the corpus callosum in females, in the female brain, is 25% thicker than in the male brain. And that affects a lot of our, our behavior. In fact, it affects even how we're able to talk about feelings because men and women have on one side of their brain the center for, for speaking, and they have on the other side of the brain the, the center for um, emotions. And because the two hemispheres are connected so closely together, women, it's almost like having extra highways between the two hemispheres. They're much more easy. It's much more easy for women to talk about their feelings, where men, because this corpulosum is smaller, they often cannot talk about their feelings. They, they may have the feelings, but the words are just not as well connected, so they cannot discuss feelings. And that's an important part of relationships is to talk about feelings. In fact, I often say that women are talking to their spouses and they say, and they say, oh, honey, tell me how you feel. Tell me how you feel. And he goes, well, I feel like watching TV. And she goes, oh, no, that's not quite it. It's not just talking about them. It's recognizing feelings in others. 
yes, it's the empathy and the compassion. Yeah, there's even a really interesting study that you point to that said that four-month-old baby girls could distinguish photos of people that they know from ones that they don't know, but boys can't do that. Yes, I love that research. So that's the biological difference. That's how we're born. But there's also this huge difference about how boys and girls are raised. And for me, I have a five-year-old son, and it's just very interesting about how boys grow up differently. Clearly, I grew up as as a little girl. So the difference about those two things. Yes, there are. In fact, you can see those differences in the games that boys and girls play. Oftentimes, the little boys are playing outside. At least they're playing on teams with others. And they learn to compete and they learn to, um, you know, it's me against you, it's us against them. They're hierarchical games. They're win-lose games. There's often a winner and often a loser. Uh, And they keep playing until somebody is the clear, clear winner or loser. There's always a goal. And you're usually they're usually playing with other people that they may not even know very well. They may just need the, the ninth person on the baseball team, and they choose you to be on that. It's not because you're one of their best friends or anything. They also learn that when the game is over, the game is over. So they know that when the game ends, that they'll go often and have Cokes and hamburgers together. I mean, that's what boys do. They say, well, shoot, that was fun. Let's go outside and uh, let's go get something to eat. Where little girls also are often inside playing dolls and house one-on-one. Now, this shows this relationship is so important to women, even starting as little girls. So boys are playing on a team where they often don't have close relationships with others, where little girls are often playing one-on-one, and they play with one girl one day and maybe another girl another girl another day, but they have definite best friends that they play with. And, Diane, if you're my best friend, you can't be anybody else's best friend. <laughs> little girls, have, they're very devoted to their best friends, and, um, and they don't want to share them. So the relationship is very important. So when you think about even um, the girls playing dolls and house inside, even in 2019, they're doing this. Um, they often end not with winning and losing, but the only reason they really are over sometimes is if there's conflict. You get into an argument where one tries to be the boss doll player and violates the power dead even rule. Uh, and, um, and there's no real goal in dolls except to get along. So girls learn to negotiate differences and not have competition and conflict. They learn to have win-win outcomes. So if you want to be the doctor and I want to be the the mommy, then we'll figure out how you can be the doctor and take care of my baby. Where boys don't do that. They often have win-lose kind of games. And they want women as girls want to, to play what's fair for all where guys often will take risks and do whatever they can to be able to get away with it behind the the ref's back. So those things are different ways that that women show that relationship is central to their culture, which of course affects the workplace. When you talk about the games that girls and boys play, I I don't think that ends in childhood. 
So I grew up a tomboy. I, I just didn't grow up knowing any girls. So all the games that I played were very similar to, to the boys' games that you explained. And when I grew up to be an adult, I was still drawn to all those games. I loved playing poker. I just loved games where, like, I was so competitive. Everything had to have a winner and a loser. And when I started networking with professional women, I got invited to a women's bunko night, which is like, that's the kind of game that women play versus a poker game. And it, w- it was amazing to me. There was, it was basically a sheer game of chance and th- there's no strategy involved and people weren't even there to really play or be competitive. They were just there to socialize and get to know each other better. And, and for me, it was just such an odd feeling. I was very frustrated. Like, how, how am I supposed to compete in this game, which is just strictly chance only? <laughs> yes, that's true. In fact, oftentimes women who have grown up as tomboys um, often have trouble in the world of women because it is a different way to see things. And um, and sports are important. I'll just go off on that a little bit and say sports are important because Women need to learn how to win and to take a loss and move on. They need to, when the game is over, the game is over. So many clients of mine now are looking for men and women who have played on teams before and and played sports before. So they know how to deal in corporate America. Well, I will tell you the good news is about this next generation. uh, My son is five and he's on a baseball team this spring and it is 80 percent girls on the team, which is pretty incredible. And that's fantastic. Women are now doing golf, volleyball, soccer, softball, even football. Some women are girls are playing football. That's awesome. Okay, so, Susan, when I got to this part of the book, when I when I read about the power dead even rule and then I read about all the biological factors and all the social upbringing, I have to be honest, I became very scared of women. I was just so afraid of saying or doing the wrong thing. And like you said, like growing up a tomboy, I, I just didn't understand how to relate to them on the same level. And I just became extremely intimidated by female relationships. So for anybody that's listening so far and has those kinds of feelings right now, please tell us why they shouldn't be scared. Because you can learn. You can learn this stuff. (laughs) You can learn and you can visualize that power dead even rule. You can realize that self-esteem is critically important, especially for for women, because you can learn about the paradigm. Even you can learn how to increase your own self-esteem as well as to give chips to other women, even like my friend Karen that has the dimes in one pocket and moves them to another. That reminds her to do kind things for both men and women throughout the day and to um, know that if we keep our sense of humor, you can also have fun with this. So you can learn it and, and you can't, women can make fantastic friends and colleagues as well as fantastic leaders. And we need to help each other bring out that side of us. So both men and women can be leaders. And I'll add like they're 50% of the workforce. So you can't just ignore these rules. They're important. But because I was able to understand relationships with women in this new light after reading this book and understanding these principles, once I worked up the courage to to try, some of my deepest professional relationships are with women. And 
I, I would say so many of my professional opportunities have come from women helping me. And I, I even read a study this week that women in tight-knit groups with other women are actually physically healthier than other women. So I want to spend the rest of our time together today talking about how to build relationships with, with women at work. Does that sound good? Uh, sure. I want to talk more about the chip theory. I like to think about, you know, walking around with a bucket of chips. How do you do it while being sincere about it so that, you know, people don't think you're just giving them chips because you have to? You know, I think that I, I'll brag a little. I think I'm one of the best chip givers around because <laughs> I, I focus on it. And it, it makes me feel as great as the other person because my chips are sincere. And if you give what I call fast feedback, which is frequent, accurate, specific, and timely. And so you're really not just saying, oh, you're such a wonderful person. You can say sincerely, that presentation you gave today was factual, it was logical, and it was humorous, and I really enjoyed it. Or, you know, So you can give specific feedback. And when you're giving specific, it doesn't seem as flowery or made up as that. And to be honest with it and to take risks with it, to really, even when you don't feel comfortable or like you're the same level as someone or something, you can give a compliment. I think people want to hear good, positive compliments. In fact, there's been studies that show when you give a woman one compliment, it increases her self-esteem. One sincere compliment can increase mm -hmm. the self-esteem. So compliments, doing favors for people. What I often do if I see an article, Diana, that, that I think would somebody would enjoy, I'll just attach it to an email and say, I was thinking about you. This seemed appropriate to what you're going through or the work you've been doing. And that's, that's a sincere compliment that somebody cares enough to take that time to attach an email to it. Well, that sounds like a really fun challenge for everybody is to to just make sure that other people have a surplus of chips in your relationships, especially when those relationships at work matter, right? Right. And I mean, I do that at home with my husband. I mean, I give him chips. In fact, sometimes I, <laughs> I say, you know, you're getting a little toward chip deficit here. So we need to, <laughs> we need to change your behavior a little. But to see, that's, being, that's using humor, too. The humor is important, very important in this. And a couple other things. There are areas where women often have trouble touting their successes. I mean, we feel uncomfortable doing that. And part of that's because of the power debt even rule, because we don't want to outshine the other women. So what you can do is share the good news about someone else. If a, if a woman gets an award or, or um, gets a promotion to send them a note or tell other people about it, that they, that they um, it got an award and that they were successful and that you congratulate them. I do that a lot, actually, where I will, if I see that somebody got an award or recognized a promotion, I shoot them an email or write them a note right away because people often don't do that. We don't celebrate mm -hmm. the successes of other people. Another way to build relationships is in meetings. And oftentimes, women get interrupted in a meeting. In fact, we know that in meetings, when there's an interruption in a meeting, in, a, um, in the 
group that has both men and women in it. Um, men interrupt women 96% of the time there's an interruption. So women are often getting interrupted and they stop talking because they think, gosh, I guess that my turn is over, so I'm going to stop talking. Where what you can do as a woman in a meeting and you see that another woman got interrupted, you can say, you know, look, I think Diana was about to say something. Let's go back. Diana, what was it you were about to say? Um, you know, Just ways to support each other like that because that's going to make you be pleased that I came to your defense. See, that's a chip. That's a chip, too. Other than your absolute best friends, who could you ask to bring you red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., and a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m.? That sounds like a pretty unhealthy day by itself. <laughs> I, I really don't have any friends who would do any of these things. Well, I think you would need to call three different friends. because Like, I think- they wouldn't just bring it over and leave it. Also, your friend would be like, dude, stop calling me. I brought you food three times in 24 hours. Okay, the answer is Postmates. Oh, yes. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever you can think of delivery service all year round. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Okay, I can actually vouch for this. Um, As you know, I used to travel Uh way too much, and I used Postmates all the time. I never knew where the store was. Uh, and the guy would like come right up to my hotel room door. It was, it's actually a really cool service. Download the app for iOS and Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you want within the hour. I've seen him do it. It's a fact. <laughs> I've seen it. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the known universe with more than 25,000 partner merchants. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app right now and use code PROFESSIONAL. I think more advertisers should put in the known universe in their copy. (laughs) That's code PROFESSIONAL for $100 hundred dollars of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Get anything you need, anytime you need it. Download Postmates and save with code PROFESSIONAL. Professional AF is brought to you by Swell Investing. Here's a question. Would you say investing in oil, tobacco, and firearms are in your future, Jason? I'm an administrative assistant. I I feel this is above my pay grade. Well, it's a tough question because it turns out one in every $10 invested in the S&P goes towards fossil fuels, tobacco, and firearms. Meanwhile, a whole lot of retirement accounts are supporting a whole lot of backwards industries. And if we're into the idea of creating a world that we want to live in someday, it's probably a good idea to make a change there. Swell is an impact investing platform that builds portfolios of stocks from high-growth companies working towards progress. The premise, you help investors, both new and experienced, better understand where their money goes and how it grows. Otherwise known as savvy investors. (laughs) With Swell, you choose how every dollar is invested and where you want your money to have impact. From renewable energy to disease eradication to clean water. And to top it off, Swell's fees are fair because they believe transparency is everything. 
I've heard that emu meat is the meat of the future. <laughs> so that's another possible investment. We're not giving financial advice here. We're trying to talk about swell because stocks of companies with higher environmental and social impact have actually beaten the S&P 500 for the past 25 years. That's making money. That's making a difference. Visit swellinvesting.com slash Diana. That's how I enter onto conference call lines. To start investing with your values in mind, do it today for a $50 bonus when you open an account. Swell. Invest in progress. So this book was written more than 16 years ago, Susan. Do you think the changing dynamics of our workplace have changed these rules? You said something about them getting worse, which is even scarier. Well, I think they're getting worse just because more and more women are getting legitimate power. They're being promoted. Their salaries are bigger. They have bigger positions. They have more people reporting to them. Their office may be bigger. And so that is going to make them ripe for being part of this power dead even rule that we, Pat and I believe that it is both genetic and then socialized into us. The power is So the more women we get in power, the more visible they're going to be. And so the more others are going to try to sabotage them, not even knowing that they're doing that. In fact, Mm -hmm. there's a woman at a pharmaceutical company that I've been coaching, and she said, I love when other women around me get promoted, as long as they're not too close to me. And she (laughs) says, I don't even know why that is, but but it bothers me. So we need to support each other. And I think that it has gotten worse. When Pat and I first got involved with this and we're writing it, we just thought, well, this will solve everything, you know, and then everybody will learn and the next generation will do this. You're welcome. You're welcome, women everywhere. (laughs) That's right. And of course, it is more and more prevalent as more and more women get promoted. I was really hoping you would say the opposite, Susan. I was really hoping that you would say it's outdated. (laughs) I know. We don't need to know it as much. (laughs) You know, I would too. I mean, it's like, how many more people do we need to tell? When men understand this, they are better able to help us when we do have conflict and help us when we, when there is somebody got promoted and they can see that it could that it could affect their honey or their coworker or something. And so they, men will also help women with this too, as long as we do it with a sense of humor. Um, because some, we don't want women to not be promoted because a man may say, well, I don't want that kind of conflict because I'm promoting her above other women. And so we need to put this conversation out into, into every workplace, into every team. In fact, one company that I work with, part of their orientation process for new employees is to talk about gender differences and to talk about the power dead even rule mm-hmm. so they can have it be humorous and okay to talk about. Well, let's say that I have a conflict with a woman. What is your advice for handling it? Like, what, what should I have done in my situation that I described? Because what, what I did was I ran away and I never spoke to her again out of sheer embarrassment. Oh, did you leave? Did you leave that position then? I mean, you. you... No, I definitely did not get hired. On. Yeah. Okay. Well, the fir- the first thing now that we all know about the power dead even rule and that it is has to do with power and self esteem, the external power as well as the self esteem of the two women. What the first thing to do is to kind of assess the situation. So, what's going on here? What would make her do this to me? I mean, what what 
what was causing that? And it sounds like that now you know it, it was a combination of things. Not only were you young and just starting out on your career and had the world ahead of you, but you were getting married. So her self-esteem was probably shot. Her power of having um, being, quote unquote, married is, was falling apart. And here you had all these things. So you were really violating the paradigm even rule. And then when you see that, you can say, well, you know, what could I do to perhaps increase her self-esteem and, or make her feel more powerful? To me, the biggest, like, how I, I, could, I could have never even imagined that I had something she didn't that was violating this rule. You know, I was in such an inferior position that the, the fact that I could have tipped the balance was just crazy to me. So it sounds like her self-esteem was affected and also her power. She was just trying to take down your power and your self-esteem. Well, uh, that, she was very successful. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I'm that. so sorry. I oh, <laughs> no, I no, just... it's, uh, it's all right. Uh, but I want to make sure that this doesn't happen to any other young women who may not understand how much power they could actually have in the workplace. Like they could be just as oblivious as I was in my first job. So so they need to assess the situation uh, of what's going on. What, what else should they be doing? Um, and then to to see what did they need to do, like flatten the interactions, either by increasing the other person's who the other person who sees you as having more power and self-esteem than than they have um to to um figure out how can you either make them feel more powerful or build up their self-esteem through through chips and through sincere actions what you could do then is also now that you know about the power that even rule is to to talk about it you know and also to just say that that um, that you're there for her, however you can help her, and what, mm-hmm. and maybe even what you could do in your position to help her strategically with her role. Because often we think mentorship goes only one way, and yet it can go another way too. Well, that that is helpful. I wish I would have had you as a coach uh, fifteen years ago, Susan. <laughs> oh, what, what? But you have so many good things. One thing you've got is your sense of humor and your awareness yeah. and your openness <laughs> and and your curiosity on even finding out what was going on, Diana. There are some women that end up going to a therapist the rest of their life because of being <laughs> shattered by of what woman. happened. Yeah, that's happened. Yeah. before. Yeah, that's happened. Yeah, that's right. I mean, curiosity. And my goal with this podcast is to make curiosity everybody's superpower you know, to make sure that stuff doesn't happen more than once to them. And, and for me, this book was, was such a good, like it just awakened the spidey sense inside of me. Like whenever there's a potential for a conflict to treat that situation in a different way. And that's what the situation uh, demands. And it it, it was just been a a really big deal for me. And Susan, I'm so grateful for, for your time. And I just wanted to thank you so much for your time and your research and how much you care about this amazing society of women and how we can best work together and help each other. So, Susan, thank you so much for for this incredible work. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. And just for your listeners, I'd also say that if you were to to go and look through the book, there also are a lot of tools and questionnaires where you can assess yourself better and understand 
your own the the power that you do have in your position and your your personality and your um, your net worth you have you have a lot of power and it helps you understand your level of self esteem and what you can increase and work on so and what you want to keep strong in your self esteem and to understand when you may have been hurting another woman and not even realizing it by just saying, gosh, I can't, I might've been doing that too to someone else. Cause we often just sense it about ourselves. And how you like to argue, how you like to disagree. I mean, the number of worksheets, this is the most thoroughly researched <laughs> and, and supported book I've, I've read. I mean, it's incredible work. Yes. There's a, so much content uh, that y- you will really, really benefit from going through. Well, thank you, Diana, for that and for this opportunity. I really hope you enjoyed that. You know, if you were a member of our private Facebook group, Professional AF Podcast Insiders, you could get on there as soon as this episode is over and let me know your thoughts. We're really building an amazing community there, and I'm using it as my place to experiment with new content like I created and uploaded a discussion guide for episode one to see if it would be valuable for women's groups who want to discuss the episodes. And I would love to have conversations with you about how to make the show even better. And please share and review the show in whatever platform you use to listen. Ratings and reviews help the algorithms discover this podcast and promote it to other people who need to hear this content. So it would mean a lot to me if you took the time to review the show. If you enjoyed this episode, you're going to love next week when we talk about why self-compassion is so much more important than self-esteem. This one episode is likely going to make the biggest difference to your mental well-being and your ability to achieve all of the goals you've set out for yourself. Of any episode this season, you're not going to want to miss this one. So please make sure you're subscribed to know exactly when the episode becomes available and get the rest of the amazing content that we have planned for season one. And did you know about the contest? This is the last week to win professional AF swag. There's going to be 50 different winners who are going to get patches or T-shirts or this beautiful yellow water bottle that says professional AF. You're going to want to show it off. So just go to dianacander.com and click on podcast to register. I'm Diana Kander, and I can see you already getting stronger, wondering what else is possible. Don't forget, curiosity is your superpower. It is how you're going to get from here to where you want to go. I'll talk to you next week.